Welcome to the Kara's Kara's Digital Show and Podcast, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundland. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. April is Stress Awareness Month, and for nearly three-quarters of Americans, can you guess what the biggest stress is? Yep. It's money. If you guessed money, you are right. And it really doesn't have much to do with how much you make. So joining us now to help us find the key to financial happiness... Yes, apparently that's possible. She is wealth manager and author, Sherry Greco-Rikus. Am I saying Rikus right? You got it right, okay. exactly. All right, and uh, you're the author of Maximize Your Return on Life, Invest Your Time and Money in What You Value Most. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, we're looking at the cover right now, and I love that the arms are just up and um, actually, if you can't see, we're holding a dollar sign and we're holding a time. Uh, you know, a lot of us think about money as just numbers, but you really encourage us to think about it as you can be very wealthy if you're doing what you value, or you could have lots of cash, but if you're not spending it on what you value, then that in of itself is a poverty of sort. Yeah, we kind of call this concept maximize your return on life. Just don't maximize your earnings. Don't just maximize your savings. It's all about maximizing your return on life. And it's kind of a shift for a lot of people um, when they start to hear this concept through the book. So you say the key to happiness is to live within your means and spend less than you have coming in, meaning that someone who's making $50,000 a year but living comfortably and, you know, let's say they really value free time and they're not working too much and living on whatever they have, uh, versus they would actually feel a lot better than someone who might be making a lot more, but they're overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, that is the key. The key to financial happiness is living within your means. And I've been working with clients for years and years. And the stress that people have when they don't live within their means, it usually causes excess debt. They don't have that emergency fund if something should happen. And we saw a lot of people dipping into those emergency funds during COVID. And it often causes a lot of stress in relationships, a lot of sleepless nights. So if you can give yourself one thing, it's living within your means. But it's sometimes easier said than done. So uh, I've got some tips on how to get there, but it's not that easy. But once you accomplish it, you will feel great. Well, I love that you said that because I think everyone thinks, well, yeah, I'd like to live within my means, but I don't know what to do about this. Yes, I'm using my credit card more than I want to, but this, you know, I don't know, my kid needed this and then that happened and and it just, you know, you kind of had this, uh, you call it debt sickness. (laughs) Right. Debt disorder. Debt disorder. disorder. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's easier to do now because we do have so many things just hooked up to automatically charge us. Yeah, and I don't know. There are so many external factors. Um, There's companies like Affirm where you can buy a shirt for $100 and pay it over the next four weeks. They make it so easy for us to buy things and influencers on Instagram and, and everyone buys things just to show up on the pictures. So the technology has made it so much easier And then with Venmo and Zelle, it's so hard to budget because you've got money going here and there. You're out to dinner. You're paying a friend. They're paying you back. And it's very hard to budget. So sometimes you just simplicity is sometimes easier. Just go back to the basics and start with your budget. Okay, so start Um, But before you, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, start there. Um, I want to hear when you said simple, my ears perked up because simple. So you tell us some simple solutions. You even have a percentage of just uh, people hear budget and they think I can't do that. I don't even know how to budget. 
Well, the first thing is, as you mentioned, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you on the road with my book tour is, it's your values. What's important to you? And you really need to take the time. My book has a list of values. Figure out what's important to you. What makes you happy? What drives you? How do you want to leave a legacy? And then share your values with your significant other. So when you build that budget, build it around your values, not just how much can I make? How much can I spend? And there's some really uh, great guidelines because people ask me all the time when you budget, and I call it the 50, 30, 20. So 50% of your net earnings should go towards your basics. I call it, what does it cost to turn on the lights in your household? That's your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, your insurance, also included is healthcare costs and any other non-negotiable costs that you have. Maybe it's a car loan. These are things that need to get paid every single month. And that's your basics. That's 50%. Um, now the next is your fun stuff, but sometimes your basics has to hit 55 or 60%. Maybe it's a special home in a special area. You wanna be in a school district uh, where your kids can go to the school that you'd like them to go to, or you wanna be downtown in a building that has security, and that's gonna bump you over the 50%. Well, that's okay because math is math. So if you have 50% for your basics, the next one is 30% for your fun stuff. So if you're spending 55 on the basics, you might have to reduce the fun stuff to 25%. But if one of your core values is a safe home or a home in a location, then do it. Now the fun stuff is where the values come in. Everyone is different. Maybe it's dining that's your pleasure. Maybe it's Broadway. Maybe it's a fancy purse or clothing. Maybe it's artwork. But as my dad always said, you can have anything you want, not everything. So pick what's most important or what you value. And that's your fun stuff. So we've got 50%, 30%, that's 80. The last 20% is gonna be a little different from everyone, but I always say pay yourself first. So take advantage of your 401k if you're working and especially the match. The match is something often an employer will give you. For example, if you put 4% in your 401k, they will match up to 2%. That's free money. Take advantage. And your 401k also has a lot of tax advantages. But it's also time, like you said, unhappy debt disorder. Let's make your debt happy. Let's take off the fluff. And look at your interest rates and have a plan to pay down the debt that has the highest interest rates. And if you're charitably inclined, you can use some of that 20% towards charity. And I can't stress enough um, because I found this a lot, but try to start an emergency fund. Just put a little bit away each month because you never know where life's terms happen and when you'll need that emergency fund. So again, it's 50% for the basics, 30% for the fun stuff, and 20% for debt, savings, and charity. And again, if you end up having a lot of student loans or you have some big debts, and that doesn't include your mortgage, that's in the 50%, then your other percentages need to change. Where you get in trouble is when those percentages don't add up to 100 and you're not living within your means. Right, so the goal is the 50, 30, 20, but let's say you do this and you realize, I don't know, 75% of your money is going to stuff that you can't reduce right now. I mean, you might be able to call the cable company, knock it down a little bit, but you know, your, your mortgage is your mortgage or this, you know, maybe someone lost a job or you just didn't start out with the best you didn't know the 50, 30, 20, and now you're like, well, what do I do now? Um, 
what do you say to people who are thinking, I'm not there yet? Like, how do you deal with the, I, I'm not in that ratio? I, I, and maybe they're feeling like, well, if I can't do it, I'll just do nothing. And then they just keep doing the same thing. And knowledge is power. So identifying that you're not there yet is the first step. And you might have to make some very big strategic changes in your life. Maybe you need to downsize your home. Maybe your values change. Maybe originally you wanted this big home and you were okay to put 60 to 70% of your money, but you didn't want to travel. Maybe you want to travel now. Maybe downsizing your home. Um, have a plan to pay the debt so that that percentage... But you really need to look at that budget. You need to look at your values. And you might have to have a heart-to-heart conversation with yourself or your significant other. But you can't continue. It's a slippery slope. And if you don't make the changes sooner than later, it's going to be too late. And you're never going to be able to catch up. And let me just make one point, too, is credit cards. Um, You've got to pay those off monthly. Those interest rates are so high. And I've had clients that come to me, new clients, and the first thing we look at is their credit card debt. And it's been going on since their 20s. They're now in their 40s. And they just could never catch up. So let's just, you know, maybe you just make a choice that you're not going to spend for the next 90 days on on the fun stuff to get your percentages back in order. Okay. And so a little bit goes a long way because people want to wipe out the credit card all at once. And sometimes they can't, so they get frustrated. Just having the plan can make you feel better, right? Have a plan. Have a plan. Don't just pay the minimum amount, but give yourself a goal. You know, by the next 18 months, I am going to get my credit card back down to zero. And it will feel great. And you will realize how much excess money you might have for other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what about couples? Um, you have some thoughts on that. Like, should couples have one account? Should they have separate accounts? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's an individual decision, but I think financial harmony is you actually have a joint account for the basics, and then maybe you each on the fun stuff, you each have your own account and maybe no questions asked. Some of my clients have a rule that they can each spend $300 without checking with the other spouse. But I think it's discussing this, having a plan, because, you know, you don't want to keep secrets from your spouse. And there was a report, I don't remember the percentage, but it was very high. They call financial infidelity, where spouses are spending money and not telling the other spouse. And um, in my practice, I want both spouses at the meetings. I want both spouses to understand the budget. Usually there's one that takes control. It could be the husband or the wife. But if they both don't understand, they don't want to wake up and be in a situation that they're in because they didn't understand what was going on. So I love that, you know, when you talk about time and money, uh, this is uh, something I've heard that's always stuck with me is that many times we relate to time and money the same way. So you might live from deprivation where you overbook yourself and you overspend, or maybe you're good in one area, not so good in the other, but you really Mm -hmm. want us in the book, you talk about looking at clutter in general, like just creating space and there's a clutter quiz. Have you ever bought something you already own just because you couldn't find it? Do you spend several minutes looking for things? Do you have a junk drawer over full? Do you have extra towels, blankets? I mean, people might not realize, like, well, oh, yes, okay, but why does that matter when it comes to my money? Yeah, well, clutter, first of all, it's emotional, it's draining. But, you know, I have, I have clients that 
don't park their car in the garage because they have so much clutter and then a car gets hit by another car or they have to spend money on a storage space. So, um, and I also have a section in there on on cleaning your financial clutter, you know, getting all of your important documents organized, know where your will is, know where your insurance is, know where all your healthcare powers of attorney, you need to be organized, but clutter costs money. I mean, if you're replicating and buying things you already own, that's extra money. If you um, end up damaging things because it's in the back of your closet, a dress you were ready to wear for a wedding and you find out that, you know, there was a hole in it because you stepped on it in your closet. I mean, these things happen. So decluttering can often take stress away and also uh, save money. But I, I want to go back to your point about time. Yeah. Time is, is, is finite. We don't get more time. And sometimes when you do your budget, you can use some of your financial resources to give you extra time. So maybe you can use your financial resources to get some cleaning help in your home, which might give you more time to take care of your health or do running or those meal prep services, you know, where it gives you more time to have family meals or to cook meals. So they really, really tie together your money and your time. And if there's things you can spend money on that gives you more time, that's great. If there's things that you can spend time on, maybe you love gardening, you love doing your own lawn, you can save money on landscaping, that's great too. So you really have to look at the two of them together when you're looking at maximizing your return on life. Yeah, I have a neighbor who says he loves to do all of his own yard work. Now, this wouldn't be me, but he says I, he, doesn't, he doesn't pay for a gym because he gets all of his exercise doing the yard work and he saves right. money exactly. two ways. Exactly. Uh, Maybe he could do your yard work. He could get an extra bonus there. Right, right. But I, you know, I've always thought that for me having a clean house, I, I joke with my husband, I'm like a cleaning lady, it's cheaper than therapy. Like I need a clean house. And right. so I right. guess you could always look and say, well, you're spending a lot more on alcohol and going out, but your real value is health. Then you might want to... right dial that back and invest more in health or the cleaning lady is a way to invest in health because you're going to go out to the gym or run instead of spending four hours cleaning your house. Right. I, uh, I always joke that I, you know, I have some clients, they spend more time picking up the color of their car than their values. And when I talk to a lot of clients, you know, healthcare costs are really, really expensive. And one of the points I make in the book is make your doctor's appointments. People don't love to do that all the time, but go to your dentist, go to your doctor, do your annual exams. You know, if you're over 50, make sure you do all those special exams. I don't want to to, to be a, a downer here with all those exams because none of them are fun, but it will save you money in the long run if you take care of your health. And sometimes I'll get a client that'll say, you know, personal trainers are so expensive, but like you said, they're going out for dinner and spending $40 on a bottle of wine. Wouldn't it be better if health is their value? First of all, drinking less and paying for the trainer. So, you know, you got to take the time to take a step back to look at what's most important for you and make sure you're living your best life. Make sure you're doing with with your values. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think because we're all busy and time stretched and maybe don't have someone uh, like you in our life telling us what to do, that's why you have the book, right? Maximize your return on life. But there, it actually takes a little time and not too much time to go through here. You said you had a problem. You were saying yes to everything, your calendar, your yes. time debt. So you went and asked yourself some important questions. How am I spending my time? Is it aligned with my core values? So there's little exercises in the book just to even ask you what your core values are. 
that might right. bring a lot of clarity before you say yes to buying something or committing to something if it doesn't align with your core value. Yeah, and I, I have uh, clients on both spectrums. I have clients that spend and don't think about it. And then I have clients that are very nervous about spending. So I kind of give them a two-point question. When you're buying an item, first of all, does it satisfy one of your core values? If the answer is yes, then go to the next question. Is it within your budget? Does it not cause you to get excess debt or excess credit card debt? So if it's within your budget and within your values, don't feel guilty and enjoy it. But if you can't answer yes to both of those questions, then maybe you need to revisit that purchase and really take some time to see, because maybe there's another purchase that's within your values and within your budget. So I kind of use those two questions to take the stress out of making purchases. Well, in closing, we also all have a script that happened when we were very little with guarding around money. So if you, you know, I grew up with a single mom, so I, I definitely there was some financial ups and downs different than how I operate now. But I think there's a part of me that would always be like, uh, you know, like, oh, a little bit of a worry. <laughs> Where I have friends who maybe never worried and they still don't, even if they're not making a lot, it just doesn't stress them. So we need to get real about what, uh, who's operating this and ask ourselves some core, you know, what happened when you were little? Because you can be right. aware of that and then maybe make some changes. Yeah, I mean, that early memories of money is dig deep in us. So if you had parents that were always stressed about money or maybe one of your parents lost a job when you were younger, um, I had a client who's you know, mom never bought retail. I mean, they would always go to the sale rack and she finds herself going into store and going to the sales rack because that's how she was raised. Um, and so I, you know, I have some questions in the book, you know, how did your uh, family handle money? Was there stress in the family about money? Um, how did you feel when you got your first job? What was something you bought when you were young that you feel proud and very um, feel good about buying that purchase? And sometimes I think if you have a significant other, you should take the time to talk with them because they may not understand your bias. They may not understand why you feel this way, why you're so fearful of spending or why, frankly, you spent too much. Maybe you had a family that spent a lot of money and all of a sudden um, now, unfortunately, you have to help your parents because they spent a lot of money um, when it was when they couldn't. So yeah. digging deep, understanding this really can help you take some of the stress out of money. And, um, you know, I've mentioned this before, but my dad used to always tell me, uh, you can have everything you want, not everything. So pick what's most important. And I've lived my life with that. My clients have lived that way. And I've got a funny story if we have time, how that came about, but it's just a great quote. I dedicate the book to my dad and the quote is right in the front cover of the book. Well, I want people to get the story by looking at the book because I know we are coming up on our timing here. But um, I love that you say, you know, you can have everything you uh, everything, anything you want, but not you everything. Want, but not everything. Yes. OK. Anything you want, but not everything. Um, so here's uh, the book. It's by Sherry Greco Rikus and Maximize Your Return on Life. Um, I, Sherry, just shout out where people can go um, to visit your website or get in touch with you. Sure. Yeah, it's SherryGrecoRikus.com. Uh, the book is almost uh, is also on Amazon. So if you go on there, you'll see my name and just put SherryGreco.com. I write a blog about, uh, about maximizing your return on life, financial tips, how to take the stress out of money. But it doesn't have to be that way. You do not need to be stressed about money. And the first step, if I could leave you with one thing, 
the key to financial happiness, we started the broadcast with it, we're going to end with it, is living within your means and take the time to get there because you will not regret it and it will just take a lot of stress out of money. That's what we all need, a little less stress. So thank you. Some really great yeah. tips. And I want to encourage with some really good practical stuff. If you're thinking, I don't know how to do this, she kind of takes you step by step. There are lists. There are to-do lists. There's deadlines. So that helps everybody. Fun stories. I didn't want to have anything boring. It's, yeah. not, it's not a financial book. It's a financial book with fun stories. So uh, yeah. So, enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So um, you can always watch this with your, maybe you want to watch it with your partner. Come back here to Kara's Cures on WSB Plus and stream this again. Or you can listen in the car together on Kara's Cures podcast whatever your favorite platform is. Also, I share more information on the cutting edge of wellness. You can follow me on social media at Kara Sundland. Have a great day, everyone. Be well. threats to press